Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. We are talking about unlocking heaven. This is week two. And uh, the idea is to for all of us to understand how to live victorious in, in this life that we've received in Christ. Amen. And so we, week one, we talked about the word and said that the primary thing, issue, about unlocking heaven is to know God's will. Because God, God is not the same as his word, but they are close. <laughs> right? So it's, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Through him all things were made, and without him was nothing made that was made. Why? A man, a woman is only as good as his word. If, if a person tells you, I will make it good. The idea is they will make it good. If a person says, I'll be there at 10 o'clock and they consistently come at 5, 10, quarter past, half past 10, then their word has lost power. There is now a difference between them and their word, so there is compromise. But the reason we trust the word of God is that God is as good as is. Well, so if you don't know what is in there and you're trusting God, it's a bit difficult because you don't know, you really don't know what's there. <laughs> okay, there's no way to put it. Like, God is as good as his word. Moses is as good as his word. Ari is as good as her word. I, I, are you with me? So for you to say, I'm going to trust God without ever knowing what's in the Bible is going to be very complicated. You will end up with what looks like faith, but may not really be what you're looking for in terms of the kind of victory you want to live. Are you with me? So we declare that the first ground zero for unlocking heaven is to know what's in the word of God. The fun thing about this space is I can walk off stage and sort of still be visible. That's ground zero. Even for Jesus, who is a supreme example, if you remember the story, by age 12, age 12, he gets left behind at the temple by accident, and he spent three days arguing with the teachers of the law, okay, the senior pastors and bishops of that day, co correcting their understanding of the scriptures. How many 12-year-olds do you know is, my, is your average 12-year-old going to start dissecting Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and other books of the law. Meanwhile, remember, there was no verses and chapters back then. So you couldn't say, open Leviticus 3.18. Mm -mm. They were not there. It was just one big record. So for you to know where it was, you really needed to know where it was. Because there was no open such and such. So you had to know the whole thing. And that was Jesus age 12, and then he disappeared for 18 years. So by the time he shows up again, oh my goodness. Now, of course, we all want to live the Jesus life. Point is, are we willing to take in the word? 
Because this life in Christ, it is lived inside out. The victory happens on the inside and it is manifested on the outside. It's not outside in. In fact, we looked at these three points and we said the key to unlocking heaven is to understand that one, everything you need has been already been provided. Everything. People should stop pulling heavens down and whatever else we do because there is nothing there. The Bible says he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If I come to Deno and say, Deno, this is what you're going to need for all your life and, all, and your relationship with me. And then I get all of it and give it to you. And I find you at my gate every morning saying, <laughs> I need this, I need that. I need, what am I going to tell you? You already have it. I gave it to you. Go and unlock it. Are you with me? Everything has already been given and everything has already been provided. And whatever has been provided is contained in the word of God. You want to know what God has given? Check the word. He became seen that you threw, that you, you might be made the righteousness of God in him. Done deal. He became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. Done deal. By his stripes we were healed. Done deal. Which means that whatever is not showing up, God is not the problem. Because if you think he is, you're going to be very offended at God. And you need not be, because he's not the problem. So everything is in there. I remember there is this chapter in the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. If you haven't read it, you need to. There is a chapter on the five laws of gold, where this young son was given money, gold, by the father. And uh, they went to another city. They went to Nineveh. And he also enclosed with, with instructions on how to multiply the gold. He says, son, here is the gold. Here are the instructions. When you come back to me, because you are supposed to become the heir, it's a very interesting approach to inheritance, is like, go first prove yourself out there, so when you come back and take over this estate, you know what to do. What did the young man do? He ignored the instructions, like we mostly do, and what did he do with the gold? He lost it. Ignore the instructions, lose the gold. That's the approach. Why instructions? Like, what's that about? So, so that's it. Everything is in the instructions. And then we are saying that we are looking at three faith keys that we think are crucial or necessary to unlocking these things that have been given to us. Prayer, fasting, and giving. Which Jesus demonstrated in Matthew uh, chapter 6. But we say, so... We went through it of detail last time. Spirit, soul, and body, and other things, and how each of these areas corresponds to each of these areas. Your spirit says, His gentle Lord is one spirit with Him. But it also says that uh, the words I speak to they are life and they are spirit. Say that the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, whatever really is in your spirit, if you want to know what's there, is check the word. Too much detail there. By the way, did you know that we have our messages on the what's that thing called? On the podcasts. So there's SoundCloud. Then there's also if you do Apple Podcasts, they're all there from way back, including Transform and all other conferences. So you just go and it's all free. So go check it out. And then so we talk about soul prosperity through prayer, which is what I'm focusing on today. And then fasting and the body 
and then it looks at giving and how that influences everything else. So, for you to get that other stuff next week and the next week. But this is what Jesus said. Matthew 6, together. Let's read together. But when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you pray, not if. When. Alright? In that same area of teaching, oops, says, but when you fast, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your father who is in the secret place and your father who is in secret will reward you openly. Did you know there are benefits to fasting? Yeah, because many of us, when you think about fasting, you just imagine the hunger pangs. There are benefits to fasting. Incredible benefits to fasting. And you're going to tap into some of those. So next Sunday, I'm teaching about fasting. Hallelujah. Is anyone excited? Now, I'm expecting to see you next Sunday. All right. So you can't say, I missed that service, so I don't know what instructions were given. Guess what's going to happen the Monday and the week following the teaching on fasting? What do you think is going to happen? Hallelujah. <laughs> now, fasting is not a spiritual gift, so you can't say, that's not my gift. Me, that's not my area of gifting. For me, I'm gifted in ushering and music. No, no. <laughs> he says, when, when, not if, when you fast. Okay, that's next Sunday. And then he says, when you do a charitable deed, when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. I believe there is a reason why these three instructions are in the same text. I believe there is a reason why Jesus didn't teach about one, then give, talk about other things, then he come back, talk about another one. There is a reason they are together. And that's the revelation we are trying to get to everyone. All right? So, but today we are talking about prayer. It says, when you pray, so for a child of God, for a person walking with Jesus, prayer is not an option. It's a necessity. A, ch a Christian who wants to go without prayer is like a person who wants to drive a car without fuel. It's form without substance. Now, you know, I wrote uh, straightforward financial growth, and I talk about uh, resisting those uh, poverty reflexes and fighting them like crazy. You understand? Like that yakamita. Every time it goes off, what does it? What is it communicating to you? Lack. You have no money. You have no yaka. Okay. Or like when you go to a restaurant and uh, you chose you choose the meal, not based on what you want to eat, but based on price. So, how do you check what you want to eat when you go to a restaurant? Some people check the right hand column. They don't even know what it is. They say, mm, "This thing of twelve k, bring." They don't know. Is it solid? Is it liquid? Is it salty? Is it sweet? You've just gone with the 12K thing. So one of those poverty things you need to fight is your fuel gauge always being in E. E. H. U. D. 
Now I'm here to confess. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. I have a confession to make. I had the inglorious opportunity of running out of fuel last week. Totally. Like, not even like the gauges in it. No, zero. Car will not move. Now, it didn't happen because I didn't have the money to buy fuel. I was, I didn't plan well. So, busy weekend last week. Came back from somewhere at the airport. Had parked the car at the airport. Picked the car. Drove into Kampala. Lots of traffic. Fuel went low. The light came on. I just ignored it. I kept doing my thing. Traffic. What? Sunday. Came to garage. The light is there. Finished, went for an event somewhere, went home. Next day, had guests, had to pick one from here, one from there. I, I'm good. I'll fuel up, you know, light, you know, be quiet. Relax. So I'm like, I'm going to go through Tinder, go by the ATM, get money, fuel up. Tinder, traffic, turn around, northern bypass, another route, traffic. That's where I go through. Cheba and what? So, I'm taking them for breakfast. We go to Java's. I even went to Akashia Mall, got the money, came to Java's, had, had breakfast, finished, put them in a cab, sent them off, and then it was time for your Royal Highness to leave. <laughs> Yours truly. And what did the car say? <laughs> Can't I'm like, what's wrong with this car? What kind of demons? Behold, it occurred unto me. <laughs> the card had it. It's like, no, we cannot keep continue operating without fuel. So the car won't start. So I had to majestically, thankfully I was parked at Java's, but on the other side, Kamocha one, you know, where there is a fuel station. So I majestically walked to the fuel station, hired a jerry can, <laughs> got a mineral water bottle, you know, how you have to cut it in half to use as the. <laughs> Walked off with my jerry can full of pink stuff. <laughs> my friend, no one sees you. That place, there are many people. So, anyway, you just can't die in your movie. You just be like, it's, it's a temporary. <laughs> temporary interference of, you know, normal programming. So I put it in and uh, was able to leave. Now, here's the thing. That car parked in that parking lot without fuel, and all the other cars that were there which had fuel, they all looked the same. I'm telling you, fuelless cars and fueled cars on the outside, they all look the same. In fact, those ones which are nearly full and those which are perpetually near E, empty, edgy, enough, uh, they look the same from the outside. So it looked like a functional 
operational car until I needed something done. That's the same thing. In this garage here, all the believers, look there, say, put on your makeup, put on your sandy vest, and show up for garage. You're like, mm-mm. Hallelujah. So we all look, it all looks the same until you need some spiritual work done. It all looks the same until you need a healing. Until you need to build something. You need to, to release some resources. You, you need something that can only happen by faith. It all looks the same until there is a crisis and you see whether the response is of peace or no peace. And looks are deceptive. So my car was there sitting pretty in the parking lot, looking like it was going to take me somewhere, but it was without fuel. So a prayerless believer is like a fuelless car. They look pretty. They look nice. They look like if they open their mouth, heaven is going to explode. But when they do, nothing happens. So, you and I, we are going to become a prayerful people. Amen. Because we cannot afford otherwise. We, guys, you know what? This other Christianity of just ascent of, yeah, I'm a Christian. Don't you see? It's a cross on there. It's, it's done. It's done. In this world, uh, this religious Christianity, it's over. You either have power or you don't. Period. And that's not for pastors. That's Jesus didn't say when your pastor prays. No, he says when you who you <laughs> all right, all right. We're having language issues here. Who? Okay, awesome. When you pray, so we, we, we need to be prayerful. Let's please remember my car. Every time you're tempted to go without prayer, remember. My car. And one of those days, you may run out when you're far from the first station. So you may run out when you are here and someone can intervene and help you with your own spiritual power. But one of those days, you may run out when you're in a bad place, far away from the supply. And you're asking, do I believe Jesus or not? So Jesus had a life of prayer. Let's, he's our supreme example. What does he say? So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and Prayed. How, uh, how, uh, I was going to say, how often? Often. <laughs> it wasn't he himself, uh, seldom, no, it was frequent. And then, and then it says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. You're going to notice a pattern, yeah? There's times and places, times and places, times, places, purposes. Now in the morning, having risen when? A long while before daylight, not at 11 a.m. By that time, half, most people have finished their day's work. If you wake up at 10, by that time, most serious people, they have finished. Now they are into meetings, just connecting for the coming month. That's free information. 
He says he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus had a lifestyle of prayer. Jesus had an intentional prayer lifestyle. It wasn't intentional prayer events. When you see it, it seems like it was a lifestyle. And it was intentional, meaning there is a place, a time, and a purpose. A place, a time, a purpose. All intentionality is based on purpose. Why should I pray? If you know, if you like your life how it is now, you don't need to. If you feel like I'm as joyful as I'll ever be, I'm as influential as I'll ever be, I'm as rich as I'll ever be, my life is sorted. Don't pray. Just go on. The reason most people don't pray because so first of all, there's a functional reason, then there's a deeper reason. The functional reason most people don't pray is hurry and worry. Hurry and worry. They are twins, they are brothers. Hurry and worry. You're always in a hurry to the next thing, and when you're not, you are worried about how because now you can't rush it. Hurry and worry. But more importantly, I think that deeper reason is purpose. Purpose, yeah? So there are people, when, when it's like, what's, what's the ultimate thing in my life? Huh? Buy a 50 by 100 plot in Bulindo and build your three-bedroom house. When that's the ultimate, you know, people do that comfortably without God, yeah? We are just stressing you for nothing with this prayer thing. But when you're the kind of person who really wants to take God at his word and says, ask for the nations. If you're into nation stuff, even this microphone recognizes when I'm getting into dangerous territory. If, if you're into nations, ask for the nations, not the plot. Mm, I'll take those two hand claps this side and move a little closer. When, when you're into that mode of thinking, of it's impossible that this is all, that this is all I was born for, that I'm just going to exist here, complain with the rest of the people, and uh, having been around and made all the noise, you safely arrive at death. For some people, the purpose of life is to safely arrive at death. So just don't offend anyone. Don't, you just, you know, be nice. Have you heard of that? Be nice. I found out you can't accomplish anything being nice, by the way. If you're that kind of person, then you're going to need to pray. If you're the kind of person who is thinking, how does this thing I'm seeing a kilometer around, how does it start looking like heaven? You're going to need to pray. Because even Jesus couldn't do it without praying. And Isano said that the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it is touchable, quotable, reachable, and we manifest it through prayer. Now Peter and John went up together at the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. The next day as they went on their journey, they drew near the city. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Even the apostles seem to have had a predictable pattern of prayer. Predictable pattern. It's like you could tell if you wanted to steal their stuff, you could tell where they would be at a certain time. They would be praying. If someone wanted to, to catch you somewhere, they know, no, 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 I know when he goes to pray and where. 
would they succeed? We are like, no, no, no. What time is it? No, he's praying now. Don't call. Right? No, look. The apostles, they had the predictable pattern of prayer. That says, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. I'm going to sort of pitch it shorter because of our time. Instructions. Ephesians 6, 18 says, praying always with all. Are you still here? Praying how often? With all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now the next part is what I want us to think about. See what he says. What does he say? Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In other words, it's not some casual thing where sometimes when you like really feel it, eh? <laughs> my goodness, the music is good, the guy is just playing all the right chords and the people, then you start praying. No. Perseverance is not necessary when you're going downhill. When you're going downhill, all you need to do is let go. And you'll go. You just sail. Yeah? A state of Kasserengeto. You just... No perseverance. Perseverance is necessary when there's some resistance, right? I'm about to tell you something that's going to change your life in a few minutes. I've already said it here many times, but some people may not recognize it. He says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Why do I need to be vigilant? Because there is going to be times where you don't feel like doing it. Alright, here's the point, here's the point. Prayer is a seed, not a harvest. Yeah. The day you recognize that, you treat prayer differently. Prayer is a seed, not a harvest. Look, Paul prayed a lot. Paul had a wonderful relationship with God. When you read Paul's letters, you get the sense that he's the kind of guy who probably really enjoyed praying. Okay? Like praying should, wasn't probably one of his difficult bits in his life from his writings. Because he seemed to be praying for people by group, by name, the whole time. But by the time he says, be vigilant. By the time he talks about perseverance, it means he also knew that sometimes... You don't feel like you're feeling absolutely nothing and so you have to use every method available to, to persist in it. Including this wonderful tool, prayer tool. Let me tell you, there are amazing prayer tools in the world today. One of them is called the alarm clock. Have you heard of that one? Have you ever used it? Does it always work? Okay, right there. <laughs> Hence the perseverance and vigilance because the alarm clock, look, who sets it? You. You know what time you're going to bed. You know at what time you'll have had sufficient sleep and therefore should wake up. So you set it for that time. And at that time, what does the faithful alarm clock do? It goes off and then you're like, devil loose. You're like, you feel attacked. You're like, which demon is this one making noise in my sleep? Am I making sense? You're the one who said it. I think I'm talking to people who understand. Then you start negotiating with the blanket. 
have you gone through this? Or am I the only one? You know, some of you are very spiritual. So when you hear, you don't even, some people are so spiritual, they don't need an alarm clock. But they tell the Holy Spirit to wake them at a, a certain time. And the way he wakes them up at that time, it's, it's so gentle. They wake up feeling like, they wake up like a grasshopper. They wake up and just take off. But some of us are not like that. And I'm talking for the rest. Some people here, they wake up in phases. It's like the leg wakes up by itself. Like left leg awake, but right leg is still in sleep mode. And just swinging one of those legs around from the bed to hit the ground can be the first great miracle of the day. Right? Leg, leg one launched. It's like you're launching a rocket to the moon, eh? Like the stages. Then the other leg, you start working the second leg now. Like, man, what's going on here? (laughs) Why? Perseverance. Being vigilant. Being watchful. Saying, I may feel like trap right now, but I'm going to. Okay, are we safe? I think this is a sign that I need to be finishing. And then you say, I'm going to pray. And then you have a place. Now, some people say, ah, place doesn't matter. That's okay if you are that disciplined. Me? If I was to do it in the bed? By the time you next check, the sun is out and like, we're supposed to be praying, right? Wow. Like, no, but God also speaks in dreams. But <laughs> right? Sometimes you just like get yourself out. Wash the face, then you know, like half mast. You sing in part, we sing part. <laughs> Like we are going to pray. Yeah, sometimes that's why some of the brethren shout when they are praying. It's not because they want to scare God. Someone once said, You guys will shout while praying. Do you think God is deaf? And then the brother responded and said, No, he's not, but neither is he scared. Some of you will get that. So sometimes they are not shouting because sometimes it's like, Man, I tried praying softly. Then you wake up with a start. You hear there is light in the room. We started before there was light. That's why sometimes people pace like we rule. I don't know if they ever kneels down while you're praying. They are being what? Vigilant. They are waking up the systems. Guys, we need to do everything we need to do to become a prayerful people. The language here suggests an unwavering intentionality and intensity in this matter of prayer. So the reason we are going to do the things Jesus did is because we are going to do the things Jesus did. Pray. Worship Harvest Ministries shall be a house of prayer. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to end with this one, by the way. I don't think I need to belabor the point. 
you understand eh? remember my car if you want to go somewhere in life remember you need the fuel every time you are tempted to be in a hurry like i was so being clever yeah i'm in a hurry too much too much in a hurry to stop for fuel you will eventually stop in the wrong spot so be, before you're in a hurry fuel up right the best time to charge your phone is when you don't need to be using it mm mm i know some of you that days the phones have changed but those days of small pin nokia oh and all of the small charge around where you get it you know <laughs> the best time to charge your phone is when you don't need to be using it so don't pray in crisis don't pray as a response to crisis pray in advance and be the solution are you with me being vigilant in it with thanksgiving i'm going to skip this part because bam we will just not finish as i conclude i think this is the first time i'm concluding Third <laughs> preacher spoke through like three times. Philippians four six seven. What does he say? Be anxious for. You are like that's very unreasonable. Not even a few things. Nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus peace of god the initial benefit the first initial benefit of prayer is the peace of god it's for you to get into a place where you recognize who you really are and what you're going to do about the situation that's facing you because prayer is not in the success equation prayer is in the revelation equation success starts when you implement the instructions you receive in prayer when you make the phone call now you you're starting to succeed when you apologize you know apologizing saying sorry is one of the hardest things for human beings and when you pray and you move into the peace of god and then you recognize that your identity is not tied up in being right like being right is not what makes you you i don't know if there are people who need to be <laughs> apologizing to each other and then you apologize because you know owange this is not a life and death situation the relationship is more important than being right when you do the things that you the instruction you receive in prayer then you start seeing success in your life as a Jesus follower amen, amen. let me close with this one is that is this a second closing okay this this is the third Some people are counting with not in base 10. You know base 10 then there's other bases. So I just really feel inspired to tell you this one. Um, okay. Like when you pray, when you are a prayerful person, a prayed up person and you know how to respond to things. I'm saying this in addition to what I just said because for many of us the idea we have of prayer is two maybe two or three bad ideas. Idea one is prayer is a begging session. I have my shopping list and God 
since he claims to be my father, needs to come and do something about it. Wrong. Why? He already did everything he can about it. And he's expecting you to figure it out. The other idea people have of prayer, it's a reporting session. They are reporting the devil to God. So Jesus has to then you recount to God all the wonders of the devil in your life as if he's unaware and you know okay sorry this is going to sound this is a challenge part of this message it's been all challenged from the beginning but this is even more challenging so absorb eh? just take it just take it in the knowledge that I love you so much I want you to be a powerful pastor. I mean, you're reporting the devil to God. If God is like, this is not happening. I expect you to deal with that small dude called the devil. And now you're bringing him to me. It's a bit like government soldiers being on a mission, fighting off the enemies of the state. And when they are attacked, they report to the president. They go to state house and say, those weapons, they shot at us. What do you think is going to happen? Firing squad. Like what? You turned your back on the enemy to come and report? You know the arm of God has nothing for the back. Do you know what he says? He says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. Not report the devil. <coughs> So let's say you are in a storm. You are in a storm. You are in a storm. Some of you right now, as I'm preaching right now, you are going through a storm. It might be expressing itself differently. It might be in your body. It might be in your marriage. It might be in your relationship. It might be in your business. It might be in your finances. It might be in your kids. But some of you are in a storm. In a, uh, this big number of people, usually there will be someone going through a storm. And sometimes I have been that person. So I'm not talking about things I don't know. So you're in a storm, and like those disciples with Jesus on the boat in a storm, what did they do? They cried out. They cried out. Now, those were professional fishermen. Professionals. Some of them. Some of them, like Matthew, they were tax collectors. Imagine what the tax collectors were thinking when they were seeing the fishermen crying in a storm. They must have been like, did you write your will? You know, like, are you ready? This is bad. If the fishermen are crying, this is bad. But anyway, they cried out to God. They cried out to Jesus. And you know what they said? Don't you care that we are perishing? How, how many of you are familiar with that line of prayer? God, don't you care? Where are you, God? Why me? Where are your promises? You know, don't you care? So you're not the first one. So don't think he's offended. Don't you care? So there's that line of prayer of instead of taking responsibility for the issue, we it's just human nature to want to figure out who else is not doing their part for me to be going through what I'm going through. So of course Jesus woke up like he will even in your storm. And what did he say? Peace, be still. 
So he took the peace that was inside of him and he he just distributed it to the lake and that's the waves just even knew that's why the primary response of prayer is what peace god gives you peace because he wants you to take the peace that he's giving you and distribute it to the storm that you're in the midst of so then you can see clearly where you're going now you expect that Jesus's next response remember I'm closing in case you are doubting is sorry lads I'm I'm so sorry I, I'm so sorry I don't know how I slept off in the midst of such a storm so you expecting God to come to you and say that forgive me Anthony I, I'm even the one who suggested this journey you're not the, it wasn't I'm the one who said let us cross the lake I even decided we cross at night i even knew there might be a storm but i said let's go anyway I, I, it's, i'm really sorry they know you know now like this is god talking to you this is what you think is going to happen after you don't you care you've thrown the tantrum your what your what yeah then you're like god has you know some people that's how they pray god come down here now we <laughs> pray those prayers at mtr and makelele when we are students come down here now uh, okay said man if god shows up actually if he answers your prayer you just die your clothes will be wet all of a sudden anyway so so you that's what we are thinking but what is this jesus do after i had extended peace to that just stop me look at that oh you've little faith how long shall i bear with you and believe it's like It's like you woke me up over this little storm. You should have taken care of it. To be continued next Sunday. <laughs> Amen. Because he cares and he trusts that there are things you can take care of. It's just that you're not seeing yourself. You see, the I think the most painful thing for God is how is how that bad terrible small perspective we have of ourselves like when he looks at us and he sees who we really are and then he tries to look at us through our brains and he sees how we think we really are he's like oh my god so we are going to change something amen when that we stand together just take one person's hand and bless them just speak life to them speak i can hear the sound of a new generation thank you for listening to this teaching we hope that you've been blessed by the worship harvest sermon series for more teachings and other resources visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555 that is 0393-281-555